All right, Sam, how we doing? Dude, we doing good. We doing good, and we are bringing you a podcast live on election night. This is fun. Oh, shit, I forgot it is. <laughs> it is election. It's midterms. It is, dude. A pivotal election. Not so much in Washington. I mean, this state goes pretty blue. Very true. Every time. Very true. But yeah. if you're living in Arizona, Nevada, fucking... Uh, Pennsylvania is yes. a big one tonight. Wisconsin, too. Wisconsin. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oz versus Fetterman. Dr. Oz is running for a Senate seat. That's right. The That's team right. personality. He's, he's not even from Pennsylvania, but he's running in Pennsylvania. He's from New Jersey. That's funny. That's yeah. funny, dude. And then Herschel Walker is running as well. Yeah, against Raphael Warnock. Right, right. <laughs> Herschel Walker is a shit candidate. Mm-hmm. And my God, if he wins, the fuck is wrong with Georgia? Well, you know what? I mean, if, if Trump won back in the day... Herschel Walker can, yeah, can win. I know that you probably haven't been following anything that Herschel Walker's been saying. If you, if you have, then you know, to I, you. I really haven't. No. Following, uh, uh, <laughs> I guess this is more like local. It's the state level for a lot of the stuff. You know, uh-huh. it's all the, it's, it's the midterm elections. Right. Right. So there's a lot of Senate, House seats, etc. So the Republican Party is trying to reclaim the Senate. Um, and re- realistically, they can get like 53 seats to be like a big win for them. They call it like, like the red wave. So mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But yeah, Herschel Walker has been like lying about giving one of his former partners um, basically a, a money to go get an abortion when he's wow. been he's super anti-abortion too. At least so he says. And people are like, dude, that's like super hypocritical because you literally paid for you know one one of your uh, lovers, we'll say, to go get one. And the evidence is that they have like a, a card that he wrote to her as like a as like a sorry or like an apology card. <laughs> No it's way. crazy, yeah. And then like his his own son came out against him eventually. I mean, Herschel Walker is in his own world of trouble. So if he does yeah. get elected, then it's purely because party lines, nothing else as far as actual substance from po- from a policy standpoint. Like, right, right. Interesting. I really had had no idea. He's gonna be a, a senator. There's only a hundred of them. Yeah, yeah. A hundred, a hundred senators essentially dictate. A full third of the politics in this country, man, mm-hmm. and that's a, mm-hmm. it's a really important position, right? For a country of over three hundred thirty million, now, exactly. Wow! And so the fact that he's even in the running to begin with just goes to show the state of politics in this country. I mean, fuck, man, it's it's pretty crazy. It is, dude. It's pretty it crazy. Is. You know what's almost as as crazy as that is the wide world of sports. Yeah, <laughs> yes, so much. Going on, I mean, this is kind of a, a nice equinox of sports. We just finished the World Series in which the Astros won, unfortunately. We have hockey going, basketball, football. Really, college basketball just yes, started. Yes, college hoops just started yeah. as well. I mean, it's really a prime time to to view any and all of your favorite sports. It's And, I mean, the, the World Cup is, is coming up in a few weeks as well, which I will discuss um, down the road here in this podcast, but uh, it's it, it's an exciting time to be a sports fan. There's so much to, to talk about, so much to watch, and um, I think we'll just get things kicked off here by talking about the NFL. And before we dive into the matchups here for Week Ten, crazy to think that it's already Week Ten. Seriously, um, seriously. But uh, speaking of crazy moves here, akin to what we we talked about with politics. A crazy move is hiring Jeff Saturdays, the Colts' head coach, firing Frank Reich after four years. Yep. He he had just a, above a 500 record, so I mean it wasn't terrible. He no. was, <clears throat> to some extent, um, 
trying to really get a quarterback that would replace Andrew Luck and truly step in his footsteps, you know, after he retired in 2019, and that just hasn't happened yet. So um, I'm, I'm interested to see what Jeff has in store for the Colts. Obviously, he was a big player for them. I want to say he went to uh, nine or ten Pro Bowls in his career with the Colts. I mean, he was a stud on the offensive line. When I think about my favorite centers in the history of the NFL, at least to my knowledge, when I've been alive, the two names that come to mind are Jeff and Olin Krutz. Those are mm-hmm. my two favorite guys who have played that mm-hmm. position. Center or O-line? Center. Center, you said. Center, yep, yep, yep. Okay. So I, I have all the respect in the world for Jeff. He's also been a great analyst on ESPN. Um, I've I've truly appreciated his, his insight on so many games, so many storylines over the past few years in, in which he has been with ESPN. But um, it'll be interesting to see how this goes for him what he'll be able to do as the interim head coach for the Colts. Yeah, I am looking forward to seeing how he does as the head coach. I don't think he's only making the play calls. In fact, I don't even know how much he's actually going to be in charge of, and he might even be acting as more of a figurehead. Um, granted, like what part of the team is he going to be coaching? He's, like I said, he's not going to be taking over the play calling. Right. It's highly unlikely he's going to be taking over the defensive play calling. Right. He's not going to be taking over the special teams. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he's just the one making the decisions as far as what he wants to be done, and then his position coaches slash coordinators will be making the ultimate decision as far as the play that actually happens and the execution of that. So I think it's more so just somebody that Jim Irsay, the owner of the Colts, trusts, and you know, just like you said, someone that has a solid foundation with the fan base, because ultimately, you know, the, 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 he doesn't want. The, the fans in Indianapolis, I think, that they just given up on the season, right? And, and and so by bringing someone in, like you said, especially a familiar face to the program and to the organization, it, it's going to – I think it, it's going to help the fans be like, okay, this is just a temporary fix. He's not going to fuck anything up. Probably it's going to continue operations, but now we're post the Frank Reich era, mm-hmm. right? But going, right. but going back to Jeff Saturday's resume that was a player, you're, you're totally right. It's got quite a few accolades. Uh, Super Bowl champion, um, two-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, um, NFL only offensive lineman of the year in 2007, the Colts Ring of Honor, and then in college, Pershing went to Florida State, um, two-time first-team All-ACC. Very impressive. Wow, yeah. the man certainly has the accolades to back up his Ooh, his knowledge. He went to UNC. My bad, oh, not Florida UNC. State. UNC, not, okay. Not, not, not Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think in 96, wasn't Florida State still in the Big East? I, I believe so. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Oh. Back when the Big East made sense. <laughs> right. Like, Flor- right. Okay, like, okay, it's, it's the Big East, right? Yes. Everyone on the East yes. Coast. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Fucking A, man. Yeah, from, dude. From Yukon down to Miami. Miami's in the Big East, too. That's right. Yeah. That's right. God, dude. Yukon down to Miami. It, made, it just made sense. Yes. Boston College. Mm-hmm. Just made mm-hmm. sense. No, no doubt, dude. Now, they shouldn't even have names, bro. Like, or just, like, give them... Yes! <laughs> Sorry, Devils just scored. Oh, let's go, watching, dude! Watching the game live right now. That was let's a sexy go. goal. That was huge. That was huge. I, I do wish I was in New Jersey right now, just, like, actually being able to go to a Devils game this year because they're off to a very hot start. But yes. Not to sidetrack too much. Let's dive into some NFL matchups this week. Yes, please. Yes, please. Also, quick, quick note here yes. on Jeff Saturday. Go ahead. Um, 
I noticed here, according to Sharp Football Analysis, the Colts currently have the 10th ranked offensive line by efficiency. Um, so I'll be very interested to see how Jeff can incorporate his knowledge, his experience as a former offensive lineman and, and how he can possibly um, coach these, these guys up on the front five, um, you know, perhaps make them a bit more efficient that um, both pass and run blocking to protect Sam Ellinger there. So that's, that'll be interesting. Um, and just to put that in, in perspective, the first-ranked offensive line, not a surprise here, is the Cleveland Browns. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Nick Nick Chubb is certainly one of the best backs in the league, but he's also supported by the best offensive line. Makes so, sense. Very quick side note there. Sorry to detract, but yes, let's let's get to, to the matchups here, starting with Thursday. Thursday night. Prime time. We got the Falcons taking on the Panthers. Yes. I feel like I'm Chris Berman. I, I hear that music in the background. <laughs> He's bumbling, sumbling, <laughs> rumbling. <laughs> I love it. Good old Chris, dude. I love Chris. Did you know that back in the day, Chris was a raging alcoholic? What? Yeah, he was, dude. He admitted that in um, an ESPN history book that, that I read when I worked there. F- fun stuff, dude. Damn, dude. That's yeah, that's good. back in the day. Song now. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right, here we go. Diving into it. We got the Falcons taking on the Panthers. Honestly, for the uh, NFC South matchup here. Uh, the Falcons got a chance to take over first place, barring a Buccaneers lost. Pretty sure the Buccaneers do play this week. They don't have a bye week. Uh, n- n- let me go ahead and confirm that real quick. Actually, check, check. They are taking on the Seahawks on Monday night. In Germany. No, ch- sorry, yeah, sorry. Sunday morning Yes. in Germany. Right, that right, is right. Correct. That It'll is be correct. an early game for the boys. So, yeah, if they win, opportunity to take over first place in the NFC South. Mm-hmm. The drudges of the NFL, as far as power rankings by division, yes, are at. they they really are a cellar dweller as a, a, a division there. But sitting at four and five, <laughs> an opportunity still lies in front of them. Very true, which is fucking crazy. So even the Panthers, like if they win this game, what would they go to? Three and five, three and seven, three and seven. Yep, yep, yep. Damn, no, no, three and six, three and six. They're two and six right now. The right? Panthers. Yeah. They're two and seven. Two and seven. Yeah, they are. Because this is week 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 ten. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I yeah. Fucked up, bro. They were two two and six going um, into the okay. Right right right. Right. Okay, word. Fuck man. So what is interesting here? Um, the Falcons have certainly been one of the more dominant teams in the NFL, both in rushing yards and and also points scored. So they certainly have an efficient offense, which is led by Marcus Mariota. What I've been most surprised with um, has been Tyler Algier. He's he's really stepped into the shoes of Corderell Patterson mm-hmm. at the running back spot. Um, Patterson did return this this past week after a stint on on IR. So um, you know they they certainly have a quality running back committee in Atlanta. I think that can push them over the edge um, against the the Panthers. So I'm taking Atlanta here, and they're going to cover. Yeah, Panthers been selling their team. Take Falcons as well. Good call. Yes. Good yes. Call. I like that. I like that. Moving on to Cowboys Packers here. This is one of the of the marquee matchups. I, I think it's definitely a redemption game for the Packers, but it's also a prove it game for the Cowboys. Um, 
So big storyline here is whether or not the Cowboys can keep their their role going. I mean, they've been absolutely stout on defense and and offense this this year. I mean, Mike Micah Parsons is certainly in the running for de- defensive player of the year, and their their offense as a whole is absolutely been um, fantastic. I mean, Tony Pollard has really stepped up, filled in for Zeke when when he's been injured. Um, I've I've been quite impressed with with Dak's return ever since being injured. Um, and on the flip side here, Aaron Rodgers looks like a shell of his former self. He, he is absolutely awful right now. Um, I mean, he's he's facing a defense in Dallas that is third in points against right now. That is a stout test for a man who, sure, he's a, a sure-fire Hall of Famer, but as of right now, he's, he's not having the season that he or anyone really expected. So um, definitely taking the, the, the Cowboys here. And I know... As they are your favorite team, I'm assuming you'd be you'd be on the same page. But I'm interested to, to hear your, your insight here. Yeah, I could not agree more with everything that you just said. The Cowboys are on a roll, with the exception of the Week One loss uh, to the Tampa Buccaneers. The right. offense behind Dak has looked pretty solid. You know, the, there was quote unquote controversy when Cooper Rush was winning games for the Cowboys, but now we see why Dak has paid the money that he's paid. Because he has commanded the offense. Everything run, runs through him. It's no longer that run-first offense that carried them through the first half of the 2010s through the, through the Tony Romo years where they just gave it, to Zeke, gave it to Zeke, let him run wild on you know, 25, 30 carries a game. Now it's Dak Prescott's offense. We're throwing the ball 35, 40 times a game. It's carries by committee, as you said, between Tony Pollard and uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. Right, we're, we're getting the, all the uh, C.D. Lamb involved with the offense. Noel Brown still stepping it up, right. and then like you said on the defensive side, you know this is the most dominant I've seen that their defensive front be in a very long time with, mm-hmm. with with Randall Gregory as well as Micah Parsons just being able to right. get to the ball. You know, and the secondary is doing its job well enough. You know, they're they're kind of like that that bend don't break type type of type of defense right now. Um, but they're doing enough as far as taking the ball away. Um, they're, they're they're the number nine team right now as far as turnovers in favor. Um, right. As as well as scoring defense, I believe they're number three. If my uh, pre mm-hmm. pre game pre podcast research um, checks out, that is correct. So. so as they take on the Green Bay Packers, you know it's going to be in Green Bay. I'm hoping that they can handle this Aaron Rodgers offense. And you know Aaron Rodgers hasn't racking up the yards. Not going to lie, he's already at about 2,100 yards. So you know, still over 200 a game, about about, about 210 per game. Mm-hmm. But his touchdown interception ratio has been at only two to one, which is one of his worst since really he started his entire career. Right. Throwing 14 touchdowns and 17 picks. So. He's gonna gonna have his hands full as far as escaping some pressure. Uh, David Bakhtiari is gonna have to do his best to protect him um, yeah. with the rest of that Green Bay Packers offensive line. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting the Dallas Cowboys to take care of business and move on to seven and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so so far we are in agreement for the first two matchups that we've talked about. Uh, moving on, we have let's see let's let's discuss the Seahawks Buccaneers. Yes. The, um, the, the Germans, the Germans. So the, this is the Germans are getting sick. Hey. <laughs> so this is the NFL's debut. Allianz Arena from Munich. In Allianz, the home of Bayern Munich, one of the premier teams in the world for yeah. uh, soccer. 
So this this will be a very interesting matchup. Damn, the cheapest tickets right now are four hundred and thirty three dollars for this this game. That's steep, dude. I want to say that's the most expensive of, mm -hmm. of any game mm -hmm. this weekend. Um, it looks like the average for this this weekend for other games is around one hundred and ten for the lowest. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, man. Touchdown Tom is taking the boys to the land of Munich to, to take on the Seattle Seahawks and. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Like I love what Geno Smith in Seattle has done mm -hmm. so far this year, but I don't think Tom is going to go all the way to fucking Germany to lose. <laughs> After all he's been through? After all that he's been through. And All right, so Tom, I got a special shout-out for Tom if he okay. ever happens to hear this little bit. Yes. You know, he saved my betting season, all right, because I told myself that if the Buccaneers, basically if I lost this parlay, right, and one leg was Buccaneers money line. That I, I was done betting for the year because I was like, you know what? I've had a, I've had a rough weekend, so <laughs> I'm gonna be done. Yeah, yeah. But Tom Brady got the ball back with like 56 seconds to go. Drove the ball 60 yards downfield. Scores for me. Clinches the game. Parlay complete. That is one. Betting continues. Dude. Yes, and another week to go. I just couldn't believe he fucking did it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, there's no, no way he's gonna. Are they gonna get get the ball back at Tom Brady? He's gonna drive the whole length of the field, score a touchdown, right. win the game, and right. Tom Brady does, but Tom Brady does, man, and mm -hmm. he just went down and scored, and mm -hmm. I was ecstatic, especially after Scotty Miller. The ball hits him in the face on the previous drive, and that would have been an easy touchdown for them. <laughs> it literally hits him in the face and bounces off his face yeah. mask, and I'm just yeah. like, oh my god, Tom got you all the way down there, right? Like just key drops. Like, well, ah. the same can be said for Mike Evans. I know. Uh, against the Panthers when he just dropped that wide-open pass. There have been a number of key drops yes. from the Buccaneers team. Yes. And the fact that they're 4-5 and five is not by any means Tom Brady's fault. I mean, Tom Brady is still second in the league right now with 2,500 passing yards. Correct. So, Yeah, the man's doing something he, right. He's doing he his he thing. He just needs more support. He's doing his thing. Granted, they're throwing the ball like 50 times a game, but... Right, right. He must have a rubber arm. He I mean, must, dude. Seriously. The work that he does, it's it's amazing. So you're taking the Bucks here. Taking the Bucks. Okay. Taking the okay. Bucks. I think those Seahawks are red hot and they are red and hot. I love I guess I love what Geno Smith and Pete Carroll have done mm -hmm. over mm -hmm. there. But the touchdown Tom ain't going to Germany with, with a fucking L. Touchdown Tommy. Alright, alright. And that'll Fair be enough. a long flight back to Seattle. Yes, it'll be a very long flight. It's like a twelve hour flight probably. Yeah. Yeah, I spent a full day on a plane. <laughs> yeah. Now the question is, with that long of a flight, do you think Tom Brady is going to pull a Russell Wilson and do four hours worth of heinies on uh, that high no. on that ride? No, <laughs> he's, he's doing TV twelve. Like his legs are are going to be right in the fucking normal tech, and his feet will go in the oh yeah, you know cocoa butter bath right with right. Like little bubbles that are uh -huh. slightly effervesced with scents of lavender. You know, keep his feet nice and moist. <laughs> Yeah, the man's got kind of going for that that pre-game and post-game. Oh yes, yes, and for post -game. sure. The recovery is where it's at. Yeah, he's forty-five years old, man. Yeah, he's he's still going he's got, strong. He's got a lot of shit going. He's very on. impressive. Very impressive. All right, so you're taking the Bucks. I'm taking the Seahawks here. Yep. I'm certainly biased being a Seattle Seahawks fan, true and true. But at the same time, sure, we've talked about Geno Smith, but also somebody who's really come to the fore and proved himself as. A dominant running back in the NFL is Kenneth Walker. Fact. You know, ever since Rashad Penny went, went down, uh, Kenneth has just come up, come about strong. I'm so Im impressed with his game. He's he's just been a stalwart in that 
offense. The man cannot be brought down. I mean, he's he scored two touchdowns last week against the the Cardinals. Looked unbeatable. You know, had had twenty plus carries, one hundred yards. The the typical stat line for a beastly performance. You know, um, so I I absolutely love him, and their their offensive line is actually doing quite quite well. I've I've been impressed with with how they've been able to block downfield for the most part. I I do understand that um, Geno Smith is is still being sacked quite a bit here. Um, you know, but at at the same time, this this team is built on on the run. They they do have two dynamic receivers in uh, Tyler Lockett. I'm sorry, three, and uh, and DK Metcalf and Mar- Marquise Goodwin. Mm-hmm. You know, all three have have really stepped up this this year. And thank you, especially to to Tyler Lockett, who I picked up on the on the waiver wire back in week two. And Will Disley's come alive a little yes. bit at tight end. And Noah Fant. Yep. 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 I mean, they they're all that that offense right now is firing on all cylinders. So I'm taking the Hawks here. I like it, man. Hell yeah, I like it. I'm just taking because Tom. <laughs> just fine. I'm feeling for Tom. That's right fair. <clears throat> he he is an X factor in so many games, even at his ripe age of 45. Yeah, you're right. Um, so going to the Vikings Bills here, I think this has the potential to be one of the games of the week. Um, certainly pitting two of the best teams in, in the NFL against each other. Um, I I was watching, but the Monday night football game. Last night, and uh, Kirk Cousins was being interviewed on Peyton and Eli, which I, I always in, enjoy. And uh, the man just looked ready to face the Bills. You know, he 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 seemed very much in the zone during the, the interview. That man was not messing around. And um, you know, for for all he's been criticized as a quarterback, especially in prime time, he he has the ability to win. He really does. And this is. Again, not a primetime matchup, so he's he certainly has that advantage going for him, and uh, I'm I'm taking the Vikings here, even though the Bills are favored by five and a half. Um, the Vikings just have such a potent offense right now. Same with the Bills, but um, but the Vikings just have that 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 extra edge. I mean, they have one of the best receivers in the NFL in Justin Jefferson. They they have a, a remarkable back in Dalvin Cook. Um, you know their 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 chances to to have the best record in the NFC at the end of this this year are, are very strong. Um, you know them and the Eagles. So I'm taking the Vikes. Taking the Vikes on the road. Yes, sir. Very ballsy, man. Very ballsy. Br- bringing them into uh, Orchard Park, New York, just outside <laughs> of Buffalo, New York. Uh huh. That's gonna be a ballsy pick, man. Yeah. I mean, I just don't see Kirk Cousins stepping on on this big of a stage. I I know I've been a a Huge proponent of the Pro Cousins non prime time team. Okay, but outside of prime time, sorry, outside of prime time, he's been extremely great. Sure. But this feels like it's going to be a prime time atmosphere playing in Buffalo. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So I think he's going to struggle in this game. Sus- suspect that Josh Allen, after having a historically low performance last week against the Jets, I mean, he said it himself. We lost today because the quarterback sucked. He was referring to. Himself. Himself. Didn't want to talk in third person. So, I suspect that Josh Allen will, ooh, knockout punch onto the Minnesota Vikings defense. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I think one thing to keep in mind here with the Bills, an, an injury worth monitoring is Josh Allen's right elbow. Ooh, I didn't it know It does that. look like uh, there, there could be some 
damage either to the UCL or the surrounding nerves. Okay. So that will be finalized. I'm assuming uh, at least the injury update will be finalized by by uh, mm-hmm. Wednesday at the very latest to give up to give us more of a of a realistic picture of who could be starting at quarterback, either him or, or Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another reason why I'm, I'm taking the the Vikings here. You know, even if Josh is able to play, I mean, that, that right elbow is is, is going to be, um, you know, a lingering issue for him. Dude, I would love to see Case Keenum take on his former team. That would be fun. The Minnesota Vikings. Yes. And Case Keenum's proven that he can be a, he's a suitable backup. You know, he's someone that's that right. you want back there. That's right. Veteran. Better in the playoffs, won yeah. a playoff game. In fact, he was the quarterback on the Minnesota Miracle. I was exactly. about to say, ah! so he digs can... sideline touchdown. <laughs> Everyone goes nuts, and he throws his helmet. Man, it, it was crazy. Uh, and yeah, Diggs played against his former team too. So it, it's um, right, right, very true. Either way, though, the Bills got so got so many weapons, so many playmakers, and frankly, Josh Allen doesn't need his arm all the way. He can make plays on his feet. Yeah, very so, true, very true. He's very much a dual-threat quarterback. Absolutely dual-threat quarterback. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Absolutely. Okay. So for me, the Bills going to cover? No. I'm going to have would bet. I like the Vikings plus the five and a half. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Bills win, though. All right, very good. Lions-Bears, an NFC North matchup here. Um, pitting uh, two teams with a lot to prove against each other. Yeah. So I think this one... Um, is an, an easier pick than anticipated. You know the the line right now is the Bears minus three. I think I think it should honest, honestly be more. Um, I I would take the Bears here at at, at minus six. Mm-hmm. Easy. Ooh. Um, Ooh. I love what Justin Fields is is doing right now. The man is an absolute savage, and he's also despite being a quarterback, he is also in the top 10 right now for rushing league-wide. That is absolutely amazing. Top 10, wow. Yes. Where do you sit? Yes. Um, he is... Is he number 10? I'm sorry, he is at 11. Top 11. <laughs> oh, uh, so close. So close. How about quarterback rushing-wise? Number 2? Number 2, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, yeah, but yes. then Hurts is probably third. Right, right, right. Hurts has like 386 yards. How many does, does Fields have? Uh, Fields has 602. Wow. Yes. Okay, yeah, yes. He's, Absolutely he's amazing. Moving. And he also set a record last last week for most rushing yards in a game by a quarterback. He had 178. Was that Colin Kaepernick's record he broke? Uh, let's see. Probably. It's definitely Kaepernick's. And, and I think he did, he did it in a playoff game, too. Let's see. The record was previously held by Michael Vick, uh, okay. who had 173 yards against the Vikings in 2002. Okay, I thought, yeah. I thought Kaepernick had like a crazy number of yards in a game. Look Let's that see. up real quick. Maybe it was a playoff game. Oh, you 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 are right. Yeah. Uh, the most rushing yards he's ever had in a game was 151. Yeah, um, against the Chargers. In, yeah, against the Chargers in 2014. Okay, absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. That man was a gazelle. He, he was. was. He was fun. It was fun to watch know, that ultimate dual threat. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think in, in this matchup here, Justin Fields is the easy X factor. Yeah. Sure, the Lions have an electric offense led by Jared Goff, and um, you know they they still have DeAndre Swift um, there at the at, at the running back spot. But um, I just like the the Bears here. That the, they also they are also playing at home. And Soldier Field is, is, is one of the more notoriously difficult 
stadiums to play out. They have a rabid fan base. Um, you know, I think the 12th man will be strong here for the Bears. Um, I'm picking Chicago and for the Bears to cover as well. Wow. Yeah. You know, Vegas doesn't doesn't usually you, yeah, Vegas doesn't usually give away free money. So the fact that, that you like them at six is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And um, but I see a lot of points scored in this game. Yes. Bears offense has come alive, as, as you stated. Lions offense, still number six in the league as far as a- average points. Uh-huh. Um, you're right. As far as DeAndre Swift, Jared Goff, Amon Ross, St. Brown is healthy oh, yes. again. He's playing well. Named after the Egyptian god. Yep. You have Jamal <laughs> Williams. And even without uh, TJ Hawkinson in, uh, being traded away, right. you know, the, they're... they're they're basically confident enough in their offense to score points where they're like, we don't need him anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, Bears going to cover. You know, I actually like the Lions to, to come out this game a winner. You know, the, okay. the Bears have been slumping. You know, the Lions have been in basically every single game this year. They, they, they got shut out once by Bill Belichick. But outside of that loss, they're within uh, a, a touchdown of basically every single team that they've played. Mm-hmm. So, Lions going to walk away with one or prove a three and six. Okay. Bears. Three and seven. Ah, interesting. Okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, Broncos-Titans here. Um, once again, I do think uh, the the line should be a, a bit more here. I see the, the Titans only favored by by three. Also, that, that over-under is super low at 39. Yes. Um, I do think if I were a betting man, um, I would probably take the under in this game. I do not think the Broncos are going to score that much. Um and the, the Titans are, are coming off that, that overtime loss to the Chiefs. I mean, they pushed one of the best teams in the NFL to the brink um, last week, which was quite impressive. But, um, you know, that they are top 10 in rushing yards. Absolutely terrible in their passing game, you know. Second to last in, in passing yards as well, but the, the Broncos can't speak um, to that. You know, they've they've been equally as bad. So I, I think this will be a low-scoring game, and I'm taking the Titans at home. Okay. I'm going to go against you in one more game as well then here. <laughs> so coming off the bye week, all right, Russell Wilson and crew, let's ride. Let's ride. All right, this is the week. You guys are going to put it together this week. You're going to put up some points. You're going to score. You're going to find the ends. They're going to find touchdowns. And I say that because... Coming off, like like you said, holding that Patrick Mahomes offense to 17 points, ultimately falling in overtime by three, it's it's time for that defense to finally come back down to earth this week. Mm-hmm. And the Broncos, no more playing at prime time, just coming off to the East Coast, finally going to be able to put it together. Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton, come on, boys. <laughs> come on, boys. Let's ride, finally. Ah. Let's make it ride, finally. All right. All right. Fair enough. But yeah, it's going to be a very disgustingly low-scoring game as yes. well. I mean, yes. their Broncos have the number two defense as far as points against. Right. Titans can't score, and they're just going to slug away running the ball. Right. And if if the Broncos win, it's going to be another like thirteen to nine mm-hmm. type of game. It'll be a defensive battle for sure. Agreed. Yes. Take the yes. under. Yep. Yep. Take the under. Definitely. Uh, Jaguars Chiefs here. I think so. There's there's two things that stand out in my mind with this matchup. Um, with the Jaguars. They have one of the more transcendent players at the moment, a really rising star in Travis Etienne. Watching him run with the ball, it's it's like watching him during his his days at, at at Clemson. You know, an absolute baller. This this man can run lights out. Um, he is top ten in the NFL for rushing right now, and um, 
you know, it's it's just been fun to watch him and Trevor Lawrence really get in sync here. You know, the the Jags are are better than their record it indicates, at least in my opinion here. Um, you know, even though they are <laughs> in their past six games, they are one and five. Yep. I do think, you know, all of those losses, um, with the exception of one, have been within a touchdown. So they're they've been very, very close, kind of like the Lions you had pointed out earlier. Yes. Uh, very, very close battles there. And um but I mean the the Jags have played the the Broncos before. Um I'm I'm sorry, they're 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 playing the Chiefs. My yes. bad. Um but I mean I, I really think they, they have what it takes here to at least cover against the the Chiefs. I'm I'm not saying they'll win, but I wanna see them cover, you know. Um so with with all that being said the Chiefs still have one of the best quarterbacks, if not the MVP, halfway through the season in Patrick Mahomes. And Travis Kelsey is dynamite. I, I absolutely lo- love that man. I'm in a keeper fantasy league, and I've kept Travis Kelsey since the year I drafted him eight eight years ago. Mm-hmm. I've, I've kept that man ever since. So mm-hmm. um, Chiefs will certainly win this, this battle, but I don't think they cover. Okay. See, I'm going the opposite of you. And then feeding off the previous game, Broncos-Titans, where the Titans' defense played great and the Chiefs' offense struggled, it's going to roll on this game. Chiefs' offense is not going to struggle. They're going to get rolling again against the Jaguars' team, as you stated before, lost five out of the last six games. Frankly, they have not been a good team this year. Yes, Travis Etienne and, and Trevor Lawrence have been a bright spot, but from the defensive side of the ball, they've just been unable to really stop Anybody, right? And with with the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, they're both putting together a career year, uh-huh. right? Especially Mahomes are already thrown twenty one touchdowns. He's on pace <laughs> for forty, uh, sorry, forty seven touchdowns this year. He probably might be honestly great potential to hit 50, 50 touchdowns this year. It's yeah, yeah, not yeah. out of the question, and that is quite the accomplishment for for, for any quarterback. I think it's only been done twice by Drew Brees. And Tom Brady, no, sorry, and Peyton Manning. Drew B. Right. Brady, Peyton Manning. So Peyton Manning holds the record for passing touchdowns in a season, throwing 55 in yeah. that magical year in 2013. Yeah, but that was right after Brady threw 50. Yes, yes, yes very true. And then I think Brees threw 51 or 52. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I think those are the only three guys that throw 50, 50 touchdowns in a year. Yes, yes. I, I couldn't even say, I don't think Mahomes done it yet, right? I don't believe so. Um, he must have come close. I know he's had like 42. In a season, that's my guess. Top of my head. What are we at? What are we at? What are we at? Okay, so there've yes, there's been three quarterbacks who have ever passed for fifty touchdowns or more in yeah. a single season. That's been Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes. Oh, not Drew Brees. What's Drew Brees? At forty eight? Drew Brees uh, was at forty six. That was 46. the closest he ever got. Okay. Damn. Back in twenty eleven, dude. And Dan Marino? Yep. So many yep. people thought that no one was going to going to break that record when it happened. Like, yeah, oh, no one's going to throw this many ever again. <laughs> Tom Brady's like, watch this. <laughs> yeah, Peyton Manning probably had the best season a quarterback can ever have back yeah. in 2013. He was yeah. absolutely lights out. I'll never forget watching him throw the the record breaking pass to Demarius Thomas. All right, rest Pete. his peace, rest in peace. Um, that that was such a magical moment. Um, absolutely loved it, and. Uh, and you know he's he's brought such a flair, such a a, a multi, such a massive amount of character to the NFL ever since he's he's left. So 
side note there got got uh, derailed a bit, but Peyton Manning, you're a badass. badass. So um, yes, okay, okay. Moving on here, Browns and Dolphins. Oh, Chiefs cover. Nine yes, and a half. yes, Chiefs cover. There you go. Uh, Browns and Dolphins here. I I absolutely love what I'm seeing with the the Dolphins offense. Dolphins offense. I think that combination of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle <laughs> with with Tua, you know, ride Dolphins ride. They've their passing attack is absolutely lights out. It's it's electric. Sure, you have Nick Chubb on the opposite side running the football. He's an absolute behemoth at at the running back spot. I believe he leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns right now. Um, yes, he, he does. At uh, he's he's got ten rushing touchdowns in nine games. That's uh-huh. amazing. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, in eight games since they've they've had their their bye week. Um, so very impressive there. But Dolphins are favored by three and a half. They're playing at home. Um, they they've been surprisingly good on the defensive side of the ball, at least average, um, which has has helped them win a few games. Um, so Dolphins here, and I take them to cover too. Yeah, the only way Dolphins lose this game is if they beat themselves with turnovers. Yes, yes. For real. They should win this game pretty easily. Fantasy standpoint, though, I did just uh, pick up Deshaun Watson off the waivers. Comes back in four weeks. December 8th, I think, is his next. He could help you if you make it to the playoffs. Yes, he definitely can. He definitely Mm -hmm. can. I mean, he's going to be inserted right away into that that Browns offense. Yeah, so you're paying him so much money. Yeah. So pick him up. Pick him up. Maybe it's a little early. Maybe it's not. I don't know. You tell Mm -hmm. me. Dude, I mean, I drafted DeAndre Hopkins yeah. knowing that he was going yeah. to be suspended for the first six games of the season, yeah. and so far in his past three games, he's been lights out. Yeah. So very, very pleased. And with also that. worked out that both my quarterbacks already had their bye weeks, so like, oh, I'm beautiful. I'm basically clear to have that third quarterback roster spot just be Deshaun Watson, so yeah. he can just bloop, slip right in. Ah, uh, all right, like a glove. Move dude. on, Texans, Giants, Giants at home in East Rutherford, New Jersey. I think this game has the potential to be the biggest blowout of yeah, the weekend. Yeah, the Giants are going to blow them out. I do, I do. I I've been when very you say blowout. How many, how many points? Fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Two tutties. Yeah. Two tutties, which in the which in the NFL is is on the verge of a blowout. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say a blowout, but a, a comfortable win. Oh yeah. I will say that. Fourteen. Um, the the Texans just have not been good in any phase of the game, with the exception of. Damian Pierce, I've loved watching him run the football. He's a madman. He had, last week, get this, the man was on fire mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, he, he, had, he ran all over the Eagles. Yes. He had 27 carries for 139 yards. Sure, he didn't score a touchdown, but he averaged over five yards a carry against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Yeah. I do think um, it's, it's going to be between him and, and Kenneth Walker for Offensive Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, so despite that being said, he's he's been the lone bright spot for the Texans. And um, it's, it's hard to imagine that, statistically speaking, Davis Mills is the better quarterback entering this matchup, but Daniel Jones is, is certainly one of the more underrated guys at his position. I like the the combination of him and Saquon. Absolutely dominant rushing attack there for the Giants. Um, I, I certainly see them winning and covering here at home. Yeah, I agree. Giants are going to win by more than touchdown, probably a 10-point win. Yeah. But then again, the Texans have been competitive in every game. I mean, sure. I mean they gave Philadelphia... At least a challenge, yeah. And then Philadelphia did end up closing out in, in the fourth quarter. But they're not a team that's just going to go away quietly. You know, right. they're playing hard right now because all, all those guys really are playing for jobs. Uh-huh. Davis Mills included. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. 
Moving on here, we have the Saints-Steelers. Kind of a bugaboo of a matchup. This is probably, to be honest, this is probably going to be one of the more tough matchups to watch from a fan perspective because watching the Saints last night on Monday Night Football, yeah. just getting absolutely squashed. Yeah, Dalton um, can't get the job done. He, he really I mean, can't, You got to play Taysom Hill. Yes. I was waiting for it. Yes. I was waiting, like, t- just put him a quarterback and I'd be like, yo, go make plays. Uh-huh. Yeah. He'll make some. Sure. It worked a couple of games. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's a Swiss Army knife, and to be honest, he, he did throw some delightful balls last night against the Ravens' defense, was able to convert a few first mm-hmm. downs, also trucked a dude. I, I want to say it was Marlon Humphrey. He trucked him mm-hmm. <laughs> for like a five-yard gain. It was it, it was just a great quarterback sweep play, yeah. you know, just your standard yeah. bread and butter, but inserting Taysom Hill right there gives you that, that much-needed spark. Um and the Steelers offensively have been piss poor this this year. It's been tough to watch them as well. And it says a lot that Alvin Kamara, for all that that he's worth, all that he's shown in the, in his past seasons, that he's he's really one of the best backs in the league. Mm-hmm. He only has one touchdown entering this game. Yeah. Um, this is this is kind of a gross game, but I'm gonna pick the the Saints here to kind of come back from their miserable performance last night. Yeah. I want to see them. Uh, exact revenge. Yeah, I think the Saints are going to win, but both offenses are just absolutely anemic. Kenny Pickett can't get anything going. Right. I know he's a rookie, so you can't really judge him too harshly. I mean, rookie quarterbacks have historically struggled in this league. Low-scoring game. Saints walk away with it. The sheer fact that Andy Dalton is the better quarterback in this matchup. Yeah. It's kind of sad. It's pretty sad. That's yes. kind of sad. Yes. So moving <laughs> on to another relatively unimportant game. We lose halfway through the season right now. Mm-hmm. Um. As stated earlier, the Colts are taking on the Raiders. Jeff Saturday's first game as the head coach. Uh, just from a pure intra-head coach standpoint, I still think the Colts will play hard for them. Uh, sure. Raiders are going to be at home. They're not really playing for that much. But as far as the actual coaching matchup is concerned, between Josh McDaniels and now Jeff Saturday, I kind of I got to give the edge to McDaniels and the Raiders at home. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of turmoil right now going on in, in, in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And even with Sam Erlinger, who, frankly, I don't think is anything special. Again, he's a rookie. Can't really judge him yet. Right. He's going to struggle with an with the Raiders defense that hasn't looked all that great either. Very true. Very true. I mean, to be honest, Sam was not much of a stud in college at, at Texas either. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Erlinger. Man. But, um, you know, it's... it's Total diss. Yes. You know, it's it's been a tough few games for the man, for the the former Longhorn. Um, and on the other side of the ball, the Raiders with Jeff McDaniels. I mean, um, Josh. Josh. I'm sorry. Um, Jeff McDaniels sounds like a NASCAR driver. <laughs> yeah, he, he really does. We got Jeff McDaniels <laughs> making the turn here at the Indy 500. Five laps to go. Go Jeff, go! Go Jeff, go! <laughs> <laughs> but. But Josh has a job that he needs to save right right now. Yeah. The Raiders have severely underperformed. They've they've lost three potential blowouts. You know, they've 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 had the lead in so so they many choked. games going into halftime and then just choked, choked in the third and fourth quarter. So um, I'm picking the Raiders here to win at, as well. And I think Josh Jacobs finally wakes up af- after those those multiple weeks of absolute stardom. He's mm-hmm. he's been a bit quiet ever since. 
uh, for at least the past two weeks. But I think him and Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, that trifecta, they, they, they get things rolling here. I mean, this is a great chance for them to really work on on defining what their offense looks like. Mm-hmm. And they have a great opportunity to do that against the, the Colts, who defensively have been nothing special, and their, their offense is dead last right now in points scored, so they, they probably won't be able to take advantage of any field position if they get it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm taking the Raiders here. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, moving on, let's see, Cardinals-Rams. Yeah, uh, another game that if you asked me earlier in the season, or even preseason, if I, if I thought both teams would be 3-6 and six or 3-5, and five, yeah. Man, uh, yeah. I would say you're you're probably crazy. Uh-huh. You know, both teams are underachieving right now. Kyler Murray, impressive athlete, but has yet to really put it together. Mm-hmm. And then and then again on the other side of the ball, Matt Stafford is only taking a step back from a career year last yes, year. Yes, and, and um, it's it's hard to call this game because you just don't know which team is going to show up. The line right now is Ram with minus three. I always take the Cardinals plus three points here. Because I don't trust the Rams to win this game nor cover. You know, this this is going to be one of those games where the last team to possess the ball probably going to have to go down the field and, and win it with a field goal. So, really close game, but Cardinals plus three taking the points here. Mm-hmm. I like that pick. I like that. I think the Cardinals have certainly proved what what it takes to win. I mean, obviously not last week against the Seahawks, but um, but at the same time, I mean, they have Kyler Murray and. DeAndre Hopkins, potentially one of the more dangerous quarterback wide receiver duos in in the NFL. Um, you know, he's Hopkins is a very attractive receiver in the red zone. Uh, great tar- target there, and Ky- Kyler Murray is one of the best athletes in the NFL. I think that that gives him certainly an, an edge on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And the Rams just defensively have have underperformed, like like you've been saying. Um, and I think this this has the potential to certainly be over uh, 43 and a half points. Mm-hmm. I definitely think both teams are going to come out swinging. You know, they 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 have to. They have so much to prove, um, you know, after very lackluster starts to the season. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been half halfway. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the, the cards here, definitely going for the over. Well, see, I won't take the under just because the Rams, they, they, they can't score, man. They have one of the worst offenses under oh Sean McVay ever. Yeah, not only that, but they're 31st running the ball, so right. they have zero ground game going. Yeah. It really is Matt Stafford passing that white guy out there. <laughs> you know, it's Cooper Cup or Tyler Higby uh-huh. or one of those other uh-huh. two you know, you know, decoys they got going on out there. Right. So the, right. they're not really utilizing Allen Robinson or... Um, not, not at all. Or, I guess, Darrell Henderson Jr. at this point. Mm-hmm. True. As far as trying to get, get the ball going on Very the ground. Very true. So, yeah, yeah. I'll take the under. Yeah. Low scoring. Cardinals probably win it. You know, we'll say, like... 13, no, sorry, 19, 17. Oh, okay, okay. Very close game. I'm picking uh, 28, 32. Okay, well, high-scoring game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Game. I want to see them come out the gates swinging. All right, Sunday night. You got the Chargers. Taking on, on the Niners. The Niners. <laughs> Two. San Fran favored, minus seven. Shocking. Yeah, the, yeah. That's a big line. That is a big line. Yeah. Um. I've been very impressed so far with with how the Niners have incorporated Christian McCaffrey in, into their offense. Yes, he's an absolutely electric player. There, one one of the first players ever 
to score a, a touchdown via passing, rushing, and receiving in mm-hmm. one game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely awesome. I All mean, he was missing was return touchdown. And then right. Everything. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. As, and I guess like a pick six or like a, a turnover. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Put him out there to play corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I got it. I got it. McCaffrey's, uh, don't worry. McCaffrey's out there. He's fine. <laughs> He's fine. Just keep him in the game. Yes. Yes. He's got the quarterback spy. <laughs> Imagine him spying Lamar Jackson. God, dude. What, what a matchup. That'd that be fun. Be. That would be, dude. That'd be fun. That would I'd be. Pay, I'd pay just to watch that. Yeah. What if the NFL looked more like high school where they had two two-way players? That'd be crazy. God, that'd be badass, That'd dude. be crazy. Wow. And lining up to punt is Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> oh, it's a 50-yard bomb. What yeah. can't he do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get your quarterback as a long snapper, like yes, right. what the hell's going on here? Right. Oh he's, my he God. shits bullets out there. It's yes, yes. <laughs> yes. At the last at the last high school I coached at, um, our best long snapper actually was the quarterback. Sure. And I was telling the head coach, I was like, "Yo, you can't have him be our, our starting long snapper and go out there and snap the ball and punt like that. <laughs> that is the most asinine thing ever because like, he gets hurt snapping the football and punt." Right. Like, we're fucked at quarterback. Because seriously, his backup was just nowhere near ready. Uh-huh. Right? So uh-huh. if, if he got hurt, it was it's crazy. And then also, the crazy part is that he was also, like, our best safety as well. So oh. on defensive side, yeah, so, so the, the season before, the shortened COVID year, they played, like, six games. Uh-huh. And he led the league in picks. So I, I was like, Damn. I was talking to the head coach. I was like, dude, like, I I know that he's, like, a great safety out there. Maybe put him out there situa- situationally. But... You can't start him at, at fucking safety and then have him be our quarterback at the same time. Like, right. when's he gonna come off the field? Uh huh. You know, uh-huh. and then you want him in a long snap as well. He's literally on all three phases of the game. Right. You know, he's also your quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. so, fuck, dude, that was crazy. Now the question is, did your coach listen to your advice? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he did. I think it, was, it wasn't just me that. Okay. That was like consensus about it, right? I mean, right. I, I, again, like there were some situations where he went out there and played safety, uh-huh. but it was only if, if like, hey, like, like we know they're gonna throw the ball, so we just need like our best athletes out there, essentially. Because right. like, at high school, you can get away with just put your best, you know, people that can move the best out there, and you know, be like, go play, right? And right. and and if you have enough talent, you know, it doesn't matter what you call in high school because uh-huh. you can just go win. <laughs> Right, that's yeah. not, not a take away from the coaching in high school because I said it before. In football, the coaching is the most important aspect from a coaching um, viewpoint. Yes, where like if you compare it to soccer, hockey, basketball, you know, a- any professional sport, I'd say you know, football coaching is by and far the most important as far as effect upon outcome of game. Sure, sure, because of how much of a chess match it actually is and shifts yes. and adjustments that coaching staffs do make. Mm-hmm. Right, but high school again. You got Derrick Henry on your team? You can't fuck it up. Right, right. Hand, him off, hand the ball off. Just give the ball to the man and let yeah. him do the rest. Yeah. Right. That's why he had like right. three, uh, you know, 2,000 rushing yards in the high school year, which is that, nuts. That is amazing. <laughs> right. Damn, dude. But so, speaking of, let's carry on to Monday night. Yes. Commanders, yes. Eagles. Oh, did we pick a winner for the Chargers, Niners? We didn't actually. Fuck, you're right. Okay. Uh, Chargers. Chargers. Yeah. Word. Okay. Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Commanders Eagles, man. NFC East matchup. Taylor Heineke brings in an, an, an edge to the Washington offense that I fucking love. All right? For sure. I For really sure. do. And so I think the Commanders are going to upset the Eagles oh, at home damn. this weekend. Damn, that's yeah. a hot take. On Monday night. Yeah. Wow. Here they okay. are. 
That's a fucking yeah. hot Eagles take. are going to lose that first game. Wow. Mm-hmm. On Monday Night Football Monday in primetime in front of millions of millions. fans. Millions. Millions. Wow. Billions. Yeah, billions. Billions watch this game. Billions. Billions, man. With a B. Oh. Okay, okay. It's the most, well, most important game on earth. Everybody knows that. Yes, very true. Monday yeah, that's why I said it. Monday Night Football, dude. Um, I, I'm going to one-up you here and say the Eagles win, but the Commanders cover. Oh, okay, easy. Yes. Easy cover. Yes. I think that's a very easy cover. The Eagles right now are favored by 11. I do not take them um, as that big of a favorite. I certainly think the Commanders have that edge with Taylor Heineke to keep them in the game mm-hmm. for at least three full quarters. Um, and at the same time, the Eagles just, in, in all three phases of, of the game, they've been dominant. And I don't, see, I don't see a way for them to lose here, especially since they're playing at home in prime time. You know, the fans have every reason to be... Baller crazy. Every reason. Typical for Philly fans. Assholes. Even more so here. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking the Eagles, but the Commanders to cover. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, one team I, I wanted to quickly mention here, give a, a brief shout-out to, they are currently on a bye week, is the New York Jets. You called it. Um, called that last week. I said that, that they would beat the Bills. And I also said that the winner of that matchup would go on to win the AFC East. Yeah. So we'll see how that happens. You know, the the opportunity here for the, the Vikings to win against the Bills this week certainly gives the Jets mm-hmm. that, that, that extra edge going into next week if, if Minnesota can pull off that, that upset and beat Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So um, it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen there. Um, and then going back to the Eagles real quick, it's, it's really been them at the top for the entire... First half of the season, but um, in your mind, Hardu, who are the number two and the number three teams? Like, who complete the podium right now for the NFL? Just oh, for the NFL? Rank- rankings. Well, as much of as a Philadelphia hater as I am, again, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And right now, the Eagles are the only undefeated team in the NFL, so yep. Yep. you have to rank them at number one. Mm-hmm. All right, coming in with them, and honestly, right behind them, Dallas Cowboys at number two. Ooh. Right. They are a legitimate threat. Now, is that a subjective or an objective? I, I'd like to think that at this point <laughs> of the year, it, it's 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 a combination of both. Uh-huh. But I do think that they are they they prove to me that they are actually a threat to Philadelphia, and it's unlikely at this point, unless the Eagles completely collapse, that the Dallas Cowboys can catch them and get the first round bye. because yeah. it looks like they're they're probably going to be a, a wild card team. And if it ended right now, they'd be the fifth seed. So they probably take on the uh, San Francisco 49ers um, okay. in that first round play. Right. Uh, sorry, sorry. It'd be the winner of that. It'd be the Seahawks mm-hmm. um, right now. Um, so outside of them, you know, you got to look at the AFCs. Like you just mentioned, uh, I still don't think the Jets can win that uh, Can win that division. It's actually the most competitive division right now as well. The it Patriots is. are above 500. They're sitting at 5-4. and four. Mm-hmm. And the, but the, the Bills lost last week, right? Both the Jets and the Dolphins are only a half game behind them. Um, in the lost column. Right. So it's anyone's conference there. Where on the opposite side, the NFC East, yes, the Washington Commanders only game below 500, but it's frankly, that's down to three teams with the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Giants are realistically the only ones that can probably catch them at the end. Right. There's just too much ground that have to get get, get made up. Mm-hmm. But going back to your question, um, the, uh, on the NFC side, I, I think the only real threat is the Dallas Cowboys. You know, the, the Buccaneers make the playoffs. I think they can make a run just because Tampa Tom, you have to count them in. Um, the, the Seahawks, yeah, they won a couple great games, uh, but still haven't really proven to me 
that they can go up and, and go blow for blow against the Philadelphia Eagles, right? On the AFC side, you know, it, it's really, personally, it's still between the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, again, you got to prove it, Lamar Jackson, that like you can win in the postseason. I can't count them out yet, but they're not going to be top three mm-hmm. currently. So if I got to go one, two, and three, I'm going to take my Eagles, I'm going to take my Cowboys, and I'm still going to roll with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, okay, okay. I like that that top three. I'm I'm taking the Eagles there at, at number one. I'm taking the Bills at number two. Okay. And I'm taking the Chiefs at, at number three. Yeah, man, all are fine. I mean, yeah. the Bills probably would have came in at number four, and then, you know, Baltimore Ravens come in at number five if, uh-huh. I'm, if I'm picking just by... Uh, division leaders currently. Right, right, right. Currently. Now let's let's turn this topic on its head. Yeah. And who have been the worst three teams in the NFL? In my mind, um, it's been a toss up between the Texans, the Steelers, and the Panthers. In, in my mind, those are the are, are the worst three teams right now. Okay. Just offensively speaking, um, sure the the Texans do have. A dominant running game, but outside of that, they've been absent from really anything else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I agree with you on two of those teams. Uh, I think the Steelers and the Texans, and then I, I have to go with the Raiders just because of the way they've lost. Oh yeah. I mean, it's been for sure heartbreaking for them. They've they really just blown a, a number of leads. Yes, that they just can't capitalize when it truly matters. No, they cannot. Close the door on their opponents. They yeah, cannot. they've they've left it wide open far far too many times mm-hmm. now. All right, let's get into some halfway awards, though, yes. man. I know that we've, we've prepped some before this. Uh-huh. uh-huh. All right, so let's go with the, the most important one first. Yes. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Go MVP? Ooh, MVP. All right. Okay, through the first ten games. Yes. I'm sorry, for the first uh, nine games. Yeah, halfway through the season. season. Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes here. Excellent pick. Not only is he first in, in the NFL in passing yards, mm-hmm. but... Um, just the way he plays, the flair he gives to the game with the sidearm passing, the no-look passing, his d- dynamic running ability. He's a, a true definition of a dual-threat quarterback. Mm-hmm. Watching him thrive in that offensive scheme has just been so much fun. And he he also <clears throat> continues to improve year after year after year when he think he or when you think he he can't be any better. Um, he continues to blow projections out of the water. So he also leads the, the NFL with 21 touchdowns. Um, he's been sacked um, one of the fewest times, uh, or I'm sorry, one of the least sacked quarterbacks in the NFL right now, which is very Im- impressive just given how much he throws the ball. Um, so I'm, I'm taking Patty here. How about you? Yeah, so I'm going to go quarterback as well, just opposite side. Uh, it's the quarterback of the undefeated team right now. It's got to go with Jalen Hurts. Sure. All right, he's having a, a record year. Um, mm-hmm. Incredible ratio as far as protecting the football, not turning it over. All right, and he's been the reason why this offense has been so electric because he can take over on the ground. Uh, he's got six touchdowns on the ground as well as 12 through the year, only two interceptions. He's only lost one fumble on the year. Um, number 10 in the league in passing yards with 2,000. But what's really been shocking has been his accuracy and overall QBR rating. Just outside of Geno Smith, he's coming at number two. Okay, so he's Very had a, a phenomenal year. And he's been, uh, frankly, the best player on the best team in the league so far. So he's proven to me that he should be the MVP. 
of the NFL. Very good. Halfway through the season. Okay. The halfway NFL. Fair enough. MVP. I like that. I like Patrick Mahomes, man. You got to argue for him as well. So there's yes, there's a lot to be seen as well. And Mm -hmm. then Geno Smith, if you can keep putting it together, dude, a very dark horse. Put you in the conversation. Yes. Put you in the conversation. No doubt. No doubt. And I think another honorable mention here through the first nine games has to be Josh Allen. The man is a beast. like I've said before, he's one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the league, mm-hmm. on probably the best offense in the league as well. Um, so certainly top top four guys there. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on from MVP to most improved player, this is an, an interesting award um, in the fact that you have to look at this on a year by year basis and and see how a player has progressed um, from year to year, especially if they've. Um, previously underachieved, and now they're they're all of a sudden starting to um, rise to the occasion. So, the the player that I want to choose here for my my halfway most improved award has to be Justin Fields. And I understand he's only played in the league now for two years. He doesn't have that big of an NFL resume, but at the same time, he's improved drastically from from last year. And he didn't only play 12 games last year, so not the full season, but he already has more rushing yards than last year. He has a better QBR than last year. Uh, he has more touchdowns thrown than last year at this point in the season. Um, the man is just an electric quarterback. He also set the record last week for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a single game with 178. That's mind-boggling. Um so really, seeing what he did at Ohio State is now becoming a reality with the Bears. So it's it's just fun to watch him really realize his potential in the in the NFL and continue improving on a weekly basis. Um, and I don't think it's it's out of the question at the end of the season to think that Justin Fields will have at least twelve or thirteen hundred rushing yards mm-hmm. by the end of it. He's he's already at, at six hundred. Um, and I mean, the man can can certainly be in the dark horse competition for MVP if he keeps up this torrid pace. But I certainly think he is w- one of the most improved players mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. last year. Oh, absolutely, man! So I I couldn't agree more with with your pick. Actually, I can disagree more with your pick. Oh, just because bring I'm, in the fire! I'm gonna go with someone else. It's a, it's another quarterback. Sure, it's, it's Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. Similar story, man. He he is coming into a role for Russell Wilson, who is just who just accepted one of the highest paying contracts the league has seen at quarterback. Right, expectations for him were so low because, except for his first two years with the Jets, he's never had a real opportunity to be the starter for a full season. Right, right. And his third year, right, where he came off a statistically better career, where he got punched in the face, he broke his jaw. Right, so he couldn't play for the entire season. That's he had to get right. on his jaw. He got sucker uh-huh. punched by his own teammate. Right. So now, here we are, 2022, Geno Smith, the ball's handed off to you, and let's see what you can go out and do. And you know, if he does that opportunity, he dials it back like he's fucking West Virginia once again, mm-hmm. leading the league with 73.1% completion rate, number five in touchdowns and 15, only four interceptions. It's incredible what he's done so far. He's put the Seahawks in the position to go out and win the NFC West. Mm-hmm. And if they go out and do that, I think you have to credit Geno Smith, but as well as Pete Carroll for once again just putting together a team and having them work in a cohesive unit 
to be competitive and ultimately make, try to go make a playoff run towards the end of the year because yeah, for sure he's he's uh, he's honestly going out there and and dominating teams with the, the three guys you mentioned earlier, man. Mm-hmm. With you know uh, Mar- Marquise Marquise uh, Goodwin, yep, fucking DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, and I think going off of your point there, um, in addition to what Gino has accomplished on the field, I think it's also credible and justifiable to say that 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 Pete Carroll is certainly in the running for coach of, Absolutely. of the year. What, Absolutely, what he's been able to achieve with the with the talent coming into this year, you know, when when expectations were so low, and he's so overachieved with that team. Yeah. I, I I certainly think he's a favorite to to be in that coach of the, of the year conversation. Agreed. Moving on here to our last halfway award, Rookie yeah. of the Year. This can be either offense or defense. Yeah. Um, I know there's there, there's an award for both with the actual NFL, but this is our podcast, so yeah. our, our rules. Our rules. Yeah. Um, I'm going with Damian Pierce here. I, That's cool. I've, I've been a big fanboy of, of the man for so many weeks now on our podcast, and yeah, I just want to... <laughs> pay him a bit of homage once again. Um, he's just been absolutely awesome to watch. Um, sixth right now in rushing yards league-wide. Leads the rookies as as well. So he's certainly proven that he has what it takes to thrive in the NFL, albeit for a terrible team. But, um, you know, there were so many questions coming out of college for this this guy when, when he was at Florida. He just did not handle the ball much to speak of at all. I mean, we all knew he had blazing speed, but the man just just never had a, a big workload um, at, at Florida. So it's it's fun to see him being able to rise to the occasion and, and really play beyond expectations this year. So um, definitely rookie of the year in my mind goes to Mr. Peters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good call, man. So... I'm looking at the defensive side of the ball, actually. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Sauce Gardner from the Jets. He's played excellent so far. And is a big reason why the Jets are in a position to go out and make a run for the AFC East Championship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's played against guys with the last names of Cooper. Right, He's gone he's against Justin Jefferson. He's gone against Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, right? Jamar Chase. And he's averaging only... I believe four catches against and about 48 yards against per game. Wow. All right, so he's been essentially what the Jets have been looking for since Darrell Rivas. Yes. Which has been that lockdown corner. Mm-hmm. Right, and it goes to show that if you can take out the number one receiver, it makes everything else in your defense much more possible. Yes. Much more possible. Yes. Very so true. big shout out to the Cincinnati Bearcat alumni, Chance oh. Gardner. Very nice. Yeah. Cincy, dude. I mean, they had a great defense last year. Well, I mean, it was him and Desmond Ritter. Right. I mean, both those guys end up being NFL draft picks Uh because of the fact that, you know, Cincinnati had a a career season due to these two guys. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. Very true. I like that. Okay, okay. So so looking at both sides of the ball there for rookie of of the year. Absolutely. I like that. Uh, Speaking of of rookies, um, let's transition here to college football playoff. The most recent rankings just were released this week, and we have Georgia at the one spot, Ohio State at the two spot, Michigan at three, and TCU at four. Thank God the Big 12 was finally recognized as a legit conference here by the committee. I really respect their their choice to rank TCU here and not Tennessee. Um, so to actually pay the respect to a viable conference in the Big 12. And mm-hmm. so then we have Tennessee at five, Oregon at six. Um, what do you think of these 
rankings here. Do you think um, anybody deserves to be in the top four that's that's not already? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, dude. I mean, your your top four teams are the only undefeated, undefeated teams, teams left. Yes. 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 I don't care what you say about Michigan strength schedule. Right? You're still in that. No, you're still in the Power Five conference. True. And I've said it before. I've said it again. College football playoff. Establish a precedent. Power Five undefeated. You make it in. Yeah. Right, Washington yeah. got there. Uh huh. All right. I'm I, I'm sorry, UCF. I'm sorry, Coastal. But guess what? You're not powerful. You're not powerful. Yeah. You're not yeah. powerful. You're not playing with the big dogs. And I hate to say because I would have loved to have seen Coastal. I would have loved to see that UCF team get into this uh, playoff. But with the way the committee is structured, there's just no shot. Sure. There, there really is no shot. And until it expands, hopefully in 2024, then we'll be able to see these group of five teams, you know, getting an actual opportunity to go out and compete on the big stage. Uh-huh. And what we've seen this year, right, with the rise of the Sun Belt teams. Right, Georgia Southern, JMU, Appalachian State. Right, they've beaten these Power Five programs this year. Right, so give them this opportunity, give them a chance. Because I forget who said it, but you can only play the people that are on your schedule. Yeah, and if you go out there and you win all your games, why are you being punished just because of the fact that you're playing in the Sun Belt? Right, you know why are you punished because you're playing Conference USA, you know, or, or the AAC? Yes, historically. You know, those teams have not performed well. Even looking at Notre Dame from the independents, right? Cincinnati got slept, right? Notre Dame, and, and frankly, in any major bowl game, uh-huh. Notre Dame has gotten slapped, right? All of our candidates have come from the SEC or the ACC so far. Right, right. Big Ten as well with Ohio State mm-hmm. and the college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. Only three of the Power Fives are actually represented out there so far. Yes, very true. Yeah. Damn, I... To be honest, right now, I really don't know what I can say to add to your fantastic argument that that those four teams belong there. Well, well done monologue there. Well, thank for, you for college football. I like that. Thank you. Appreciate yes, sir, that. dude. But, I mean, you know, I, w- I would like to see a Pac-12 team get in there yes. just represent. Yes. I, there's opportunities, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I mean, we need Georgia, Ohio State, or Michigan, or TCU to lose. Right. You know, we, I mean, we can check out their schedule. I mean. It, it looks like it's going to be a rematch. Uh, well, I'm sorry. It's not going to be a rematch between Georgia and Tennessee because they're on the same side. So right now, Georgia will probably make it into the championship game. Their last big test is going to be at Kentucky uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, the, the, sorry, Saturday before Thanksgiving. Right. That's going right. to be the, the next big match. But it's looking like they're going to play LSU, mm-hmm. who they haven't played yet in the regular season, yeah. um, for the conference championship. And that's if, if LSU can win out. Let's check out what their schedule is right now. So they got at Arkansas, at UAB, that's a pushover game, at AM. So they have opportunity to win out. For sure, for sure. Yeah, this will be a very interesting finish to the season here, which is with just a, f- a few weeks left. Obviously, both Ohio State and Michigan probably cannot make the playoffs yes. since they, they do face off against each other last week in, in the season. Always yes. a fantastic rivalry matchup. I, I love the last week of, of, of college football for that reason. You always see the bitter rivals facing off e- e- against each other. There, there's always bad blood there. It, it, it's a fun way to end the college football regular season. Um, and with that side note aside here, um, it's certainly up to Oregon and USA to really capitalize on their position right now and win out so that, that they have a chance to represent the Pac-12 in the college fo- football playoff um, if, if the committee 
so chooses them to represent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so Oregon's got opportunity to win against top 25 teams. Washington and yeah. Utah, uh-huh. both those games are at home. They finish at or- Oregon State. Always a tough matchup to play against a state rival. Right. And then USC has two opportunities to win um, against top 25 teams in UCLA. If Notre Dame keeps winning games, it's only going to make their win, hopefully, in the last week of the year um, against against them makes the resume look better and then maybe yes. if they win the Pac-12 championship they can slide into you know the the, the college football playoff but right. uh, you know stats have it where they give Oregon the best shot to make it in I still don't know why they think Oregon is a better team than USC mm-hmm. um, but that's just the way the college football committee sees it man that's the way the cookie crumbles yeah seriously though but <laughs> Alabama probably out at this point uh, Clemson probably out at this point yes. I mean they're both going to need a lot of help you know, LSU has a long shot of making it in because they would have to go out and beat Georgia in the SEC Championship game in order True. to make it in. But if they can do that, then you probably have to count them and Georgia in there. Uh-huh. Right? So if LSU pulls out a miracle, that's two spots taken. That is right? true. Then you got to imagine that Ohio State's going to win because, or sorry, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan's probably going to get in. Oh, for sure. Um, even though if Michigan wins, can you put Ohio State in there? I mean, is there an argument either way? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I honestly don't know because outside of those two teams, the Big Ten's pretty trash. Yes, I mean Illinois is leading the, uh, the the other conference at four and two in the conference. Right, right. right. And 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 the crazier part is I saw on Reddit that mathematically, even Northwestern at one and five right now, they're not mathematically eliminated yet. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, they need a ton of help. Yes. Right, and yes. they have to win out, but they're not eliminated yet. That's so, amazing. So the other side is it's that's amazing. It's pretty trash. Yeah, that is. It's pretty that trash. is. Well, my friends, I think it's time to transition to monologues. Probably our favorite segment of the show. We're yeah. we're we really going to talk about topics that 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 matter. Not that that these don't, but um, more individual topics that that really get at the heart and soul of why we are podcasters yeah. in the first place. Hardu, would you like to go first here and talk about the city of Philly? Yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a Philadelphia hater, but this past weekend kind of made me happy to see that. Uh, Two major sports franchises both lost in the same weekend. Sam is just taking a drink of my water, just really killing my vibe right now. Thanks, Sam. I'm out. I'm you, sorry. You can finish that, by the way. <laughs> um, sorry. But yeah, the Philadelphia Union, I believe they are, the soccer club, right? Y'all lost. Sorry about that. The Phillies, y'all lost as well. Sorry about that. Eagles, you got another opportunity. To go out and win a championship. Is it going to happen this year? Probably not. Sorry about that as well. The fact that the biggest mascot in your city is a fucking made up one in Rocky just goes to show that your city is not a great city. The end. Yes. The <laughs> end with a, a fantastic period right there in bold font. Uh, sorry, Phil. I love it. I love it. No, I mean, you, you made your feelings heard. Around the world, because we are listened to in Africa and in, in Europe. Rwanda. Speaking of the world, um, I'd like to, to touch on the FIFA World Cup here. Okay, go ahead. Which happens, I'm sorry, which occurs. The first game is on the 20th of November. There's Shit. certainly been a lot of dispute as to how Qatar actually won this World Cup bid back in 2015. But, I mean, that's beside the point because it is happening whether people like it or not now. Um, with with all of the controversy around potential corruption with the with the bid, um, but 
I'm just excited to see so many teams competing for the the Fantastic Trophy. I mean, we always have 32 of the top teams in the world com- competing to really steal the show here. And the USA finally made it back to the World Cup after after an, an eight-year drought. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they failed to qualify back in 2018, and that was just a, a punch in the face. They, they couldn't get it done against the South American and Central American teams when they were playing in the CONCACAF. Um, so the U.S. has the youngest team in the field um, entering this, this year's World Cup, so it will certainly be interesting to see whether or not um, they can use that, that youth to their potential. And then at the same time here, this really is the swan song for two of the world's greatest players in the history of the sport, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. You know, both of, of these guys are on their are in their late thirties. This will be their last World Cup, playing for their respective teams in Argentina and Portugal. So it'll be fun to see if if they can make it far into the the tournament and really prove that they are two of the best players to ever grace the pitch. Um, and last note here, which I found kind of comical, um, was EA Sports, which makes the video game FIFA. Um, they used a simulation to see who who might win this year's World Cup, and they've been correct for the past three World Cups. Wow. In 2010, in which Spain won, 2014, that went to Germany, mm-hmm. and uh, in 2018, that went to France. Who won this one? Argentina. Argentina won this year's si- simulation. So that'll be interesting to see um, if, if they can actually prove a Ronaldo's point. Ronaldo's Argentinian? Uh, Lionel Messi is. Messi Argentina, okay. Ronaldo well, is Portuguese. That makes sense, man. Yeah. I'll, so I'm going to go with it. I'll bet on it. That'll be, be really cool. And then um, also... Yeah, the favorites, right? Who's the number one team in the world? The number Germany? one team in the world, I want to say right now, is either France or Brazil. Uh, but let's see here. World rankings... Uh, men's ranking so Brazil's at one, um, Belgium's two, Belgium. Argentina is three, okay, so France is four, and England rounds out the top five. Also, where's the Americans? Uh, the Americans twenty eight are sixteenth. I think we sixteenth. Well, I mean to put that into perspective, there are two hundred and eleven teams in FIFA. Okay, that's. Yeah, so it's, yeah, but we're the Americans, bad. man. Like we're supposed to be good at sports. <laughs> true, true. But we put so much money into sports, we can't win a fucking soccer. We do, like, we do. Now, what'll be a fun match here in the World Cup is during group play, England and the U.S. will face off against each other on Thanksgiving. So that'll be a fun, what? fun day. Yes. Dude, seriously? Yes. <laughs> so I'm gonna definitely tune in. I might to be that watching match. both kinds of yeah, football that right? day, bro. Right? That'll be a great day for sports. I'm gonna I'm get American as fuck that day. You know? Yes, dude. Yes, patriotic until the end. Um, and then one one last note here for the World Cup. I really want to see Senegal actually make it out of group play. So that'll be the why Senegal. It's 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 Africa's chance to qualify for the round of sixteen for the first time. Good for them. No no country in that continent has has ever advanced past group play. Whoa. Um, even when South Africa hosted the World Cup back in 2010, they did not make it out of the, the, the group stages. So I want to see Africa represented in the round of 16. Okay. So um, this, this has the, the potential to be a wonderful you know what? World Cup. Here. They listen to our podcast, so fuck yeah. Let's yes! Go. Let's go. Exactly. I'm on the bandwagon. Exactly. Let's get t-shirts. Yes. Senegal shirts. Yes. I'm yes. serious. We'll get them. Uh-huh. We'll uh-huh. get them. Two, two key players here to watch out for. Sadio Mane on the offensive side and Kaladu Koulibaly 
There you go. The Koulibaly. Yes. Koulibaly, man. Awesome name, dude. Koulibaly. <laughs> okay. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Please follow, like, subscribe, rate, all that good stuff. We love you. Yes. Thanks for being here. Thank you for your support. And until next time, my friends, enjoy the rest of your week and continue being the excellent sports fans that you are.